You know, we need the power to stand. I mean, there's so much going on in the world that this is a time for us to be charged with God's Zoe life through us to be able to stand no matter what's going on. And, And this message I talked about, it's important for us to remember where we stand, okay? If we don't remember where we stand, we will fail to stand. And the place that we, that we stand is we stand in Christ, right? We stand in Him. Um, before we were in Christ, before we were born again, we were standing before Pharaoh. We were standing in slavery. We were standing in our sin. And it's important for us to know where we stand because where you Knowing where you stand is going to be the foundation for your entire life, right? And you need, we, as the body of Christ, we need a strong foundation. If we do not have a strong foundation, we will fail to stand. And it's important for us to remember where we came from so we know that where God has brought us. God has brought us an absolute victory in our lives, and, and I talked about this idea of, so before we can stand, we have to understand that there is a progression in spiritual maturity that we have to understand. You don't just, my, my babies, they didn't just start standing and walking, right? They started where they could sit up, and then they began to walk, and then they had the strength to stand, and it's the same way in our Christianity, in our life, we have to assure ourselves in the finished work of Christ every day, like all the time, to be able to stand in life. We have to be grounded in this. We have to understand that before we can stand, we have to be at rest. I think I mentioned this, that we can, um, we can understand the amount of rest that we have by the amount of peace that we have in our life. You know, it says to labor into rest. You know, rest is everything that Jesus has accomplished. It's the finished work of everything that he's provided on the cross. Like he dealt with it all. And we have to be able to stand in that victory. We have to be able to stand in his narrative, right? I talked about how uh, there was a particular time where I was having this panic attack, right? And this was, me and Glenn were actually talking about this, this this morning. This was six years ago. And I thought that the best way to deal with a panic attack was that I was going to get up here and pray in tongues for an hour. But I'm telling you, that didn't work. And a lot of times in life, we are trying to stand before we've rested. Do do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? So if, if we have an attack or adversity or something comes against us, you know, we're, a lot of times we're so method-driven a lot of times. We think, if one thing worked, 
I can do it again. You know, relationship with the Lord is not meant to be a method. Can I get an amen? We cannot follow methods to how to deal with spiritual things. It has to be relationship and only relationship. Trust me, I like the methods. They're nice. They're comfortable, right? But that's not the way to live, you know? That's, you know, that's not the way. Every time you step in front of the Red Sea, sticking the staff out every time is not going to split it. We have to have this intimate relationship with Jesus that we can discern his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they hear my voice. You know, the devil also speaks as well. But we don't have to listen to him. It's the voice of a stranger. And a lot of times, because we don't have a foundation and we don't have rest in our life, we just completely listen to the devil. And we let him just whisper and, and talk lies and, and create all kinds of havoc and destruction. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. Imagine if everybody just heard the voice of the Lord and listened to it. It would be a lot different. <laughs> we have the privilege as sons and daughters to listen and hear God's voice. And it doesn't have to be a complicated hard thing it's just having relationship with him and so it's so important to know that that's where we start from that's the place of rest we cannot try to fight before we've ever rested before we've ever walked and so you know that's that's what we have to understand so today i'm going to be talking about um i'm going to be talking about the fighting the good fight of faith, okay? And adding one more thing to, you know, just review, is I talked about when we stand, I, talk, I went through Philippians 2. You know, it's interesting that in every time that you see resisting the devil, and he, when it talks about in 1 Peter 5, that he goes about as a roaring lion devouring people, it's always connected to humility. I found that very interesting. And we read in Philippians 2 uh, a couple weeks ago, and it, and, it, and it talks about it's having this mind to be able to stand. It's, Philippians 2 says, esteem one another. Put others higher than yourself. Right? Put this same mind on that Jesus Christ had. And it, and it goes through this very poetic, very beautiful layout about what Jesus has done, that Jesus emptied himself. It's incredible, because if you really take time to think about, Jesus emptied himself of every divine privilege. Yet he was still, he was still the son of God, right? But he emptied himself, becoming like a man. You know, it says that the Lord never sleeps. Well, did, what was Jesus doing on the boat? 
Jesus was sleeping, right? You know, Jesus got hungry. Jesus got tired. It says the Lord never, he never gets tired. He never gets wearisome. But Jesus was tired. And Jesus, one moment, is with the Father, seated at the right hand. And in the next moment, he's in the womb of a woman. Why? Because of you and me. That's why he, I mean, it absolute, just the complete personification of humility. And I'm here to tell you the Christian life is not only hard, the Christian life is impossible. Why? Because we were never meant to live this life, the Christian life, apart from his strength, his power. Just saying. You're going to be really frustrated. Really frustrated. All of us. That's, I mean, we've all been frustrated because we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own power. And when you see the word of God open to like that, because a lot of times we see it and we think it's just good instruction or it's just good advice. No, it's like do all things without complaining and disputing. That's Philippians 2.14. Ouch! <laughs> I need to learn to walk in that truth. But I don't see it as something as something as a, somewhere I'm trying to reach. I see it as an invitation. You know, the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus shares the Beatitudes and he goes through this whole, this, this, it's the longest sermon in the Bible. And he ends with the person that listens to this, this person will be like a man that builds his house on the rock. And I think a lot of times we've read that message as a standard that we're supposed to live up to. But what Jesus is doing is inviting us into something. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Like that's like, that, that's humility. And it's not saying, oh, you... you you're less than or you're lacking. See, uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And so when we can, I mean, humility is, honestly, if, if we really look at humility, it's the way that we see Christ, right? Because learning his divine attributes and his life, it gets the focus off of Who? Us, so that we can see him. And I want to read this in Philippians 2 because it's very important. Um, this is Philippians 2, um, verse 12 through 13. And then we'll talk about fighting the good fight of faith. Y'all want to fight the good fight of faith. All right, so Philippians, if you got your Bibles, you know, it's weird that we don't have Bibles anymore. <laughs> But it's good. I like to turn through the pages. All right. This is Philippians 2, verse 12. 
And this is, therefore, because of this whole um, poetic thing that about, all about Jesus, that every name of, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, um, of those in heaven and of, of those on earth and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And every knee bows because of this humility that he puts on. That's why every knee will bow, because it is the divine, it's the most amazing thing. Verse 12, therefore, my beloved, as you have always, always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence? You know, it's good to do right when nobody's looking. <laughs> not, not just when people are watching. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that sounds really like, if you didn't understand like fear and trembling, it's because of awe and reverence of who he is, of what Christ means to us. When we look at him, that's why we work out our own salvation. It doesn't mean that you work to get saved. You know, that's a big thing. We do not accept Jesus to go to heaven. When we accept Jesus, we accept Jesus for a transformed life. Like the Bible doesn't teach what we normally, I, I know that might be turning a new screw in somebody's head, but Jesus doesn't present the gospel to say this prayer and then go to heaven. It says this in John 17, 3, that this is eternal life, that you know me. That is eternal life. Eternal life, yes, I, I, I'm not, I totally agree that there is a kingdom realm where there is streets paved with gold and there's a river running through it. I believe all of that. But what Jesus came to accomplish was not just for us to have our lives where we live our lives. We say a prayer and then we go to heaven. The, the, the purpose of Christianity is for his life to be infused into ours. It just is. We have, we, we have to have this. Like we have to... Walk in this reality of what Christ is offering us. And so it says, so we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That's just, we, again, we look at who he is and what he's done for us and just awe and reverence. He's, he's so awesome. He's, he's so amazing. He's, he's really, really beautiful. And if we taste and see that the Lord is good, man, just nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. Verse 13, this is the part, for it is God who works in you to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, I know I normally don't do this but from up here, but I'm going to read this out of the Amplifieds, just give you a little bit more a little bit of more spiciness. 
All right, so this is the Amplified. Y'all can follow along. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. Say, God is effectively at work in me. Praise God. It might take some faith to say that, but hallelujah. Where am I? Um, yeah, I know. I lost it to Amplified. It's got a lot of words. Um, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. It's him working in you. That's what grace is. It's, and all faith is, is faith is our response in who he is. Right? Faith is just our response in what he's already done. And when we just have faith like a child, right? A, a child does not have very intellectual faith. I need and God says here, it's very, it's, it's very childlike. It, he, this tells me that if, if you just recognize who he is, he will plant and change the desires of your heart. You say, I, you know, I just really have a hard time just desiring God. Right here, this verse says if you just look at him, like he'll change your desires. Like, he'll change you from the inside out. And that's incredibly good news because there's a lot of times I don't feel like the desire is there. But I trust in his word, and as I put faith there, it's a seed, right? You plant the seed, it will bear fruit. It's a promise. Now, we have the challenge of working out the patience of it and believing that when we plant, that it's going to bear something, that it's going to bear life. And if you read verse 14, that, then it says, do everything without murmuring or questioning the providence of God so that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated, uncontaminated children of God without blemish in the midst of a morally crooked and spiritually perverted generation among whom you are seen as bright lights. It's not this little light of mine. We're a very bright light. We're, we, are, we have the brightness of Jesus. And the world needs to see, the world needs to see us just be who we are as sons and daughters. You know, talking about this, you know, do all things without complaining and murmuring, it's really about perspective. If you look at the children of Israel, as they're walking in the desert, you know, God was raining manna from heaven. God was providing water from a rock that followed them around. They lived in a desert for 40 years and they got their eyes off of everything that God was doing. It was perspective. Whereas you could wake up and be like, man, this is amazing, God. 
man, my kids aren't hungry. They're being fed. Like, I'm provided for. You're with us. You're, you know, you're here by a cloud by day and a fire by night. You're protecting us. I mean, the world is a very evil place. A lot of, a lot of, it's a bad world. And God is protecting a generation, a group of people for 40 years. It's all about perspective. And they send out the 12 spies. Y'all are familiar with the story. It says Caleb and Joshua, the two out of the 12 came back with a good report. And it's amazing that when they came back with the report, and Caleb, it says that Caleb quieted the people. So everybody's saying, we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't stand, these are giants, we don't have the strength, we don't have the ability. And it says that Caleb quieted the people. He said, listen, we can do this. We can do this body of Christ. We can do this family. If our eyes are fixed on him, there's nothing that we can't do. There's no giant that we cannot take down. We are warriors. We are ambassadors. We are kings and priests. And listen, when he, when he says this, it's amazing. It just astonishes me. The people wanted to stone him. The people wanted to stone him for saying that we can do it. Listen, if you stand in truth, there are going to be people that want to stone you for believing and being confident in the promise of God. And it says that Caleb was of a different kind of spirit. We have the privilege to be of a different kind of spirit than what the world is. We don't have to be of that spirit. We can stand and believe that if God be for us, who can be against us? Man, I'm fired up because it's time. I'm tired of being passive. I'm just being real. Like, I'm tired of being so passive in life. I was raised a fighter, and we're going to be a fighter in this life. We're not just going to passively let things go by. It's time for us to fight the good fight of faith, which I'm going to talk about. I finally got there. <laughs> okay, so the fight, the good fight. This is 1 Timothy 6.12. If you want to pull that up, it may take you a second. That's okay. So it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, what makes a good fight? What makes a fight a good fight? A fight that you win, right? Yes, right? I grew up and I, me and my brother fought a lot of times and, you know, I lost most of the time so they weren't good fights but there was a fight that I did win and it was a good fight because I won I came out looking better than the other guy right and so 
the thing I want to talk to us about, we are fighting a good fight. Whether we recognize it or not, it's a good fight of faith, right? It's the fight of faith. We're not, again, I think a lot of times we don't realize that we're in a fight. And um, the just shall live by faith. You know, faith is not something that we go in and out of. The just living by faith, that means justified. You know, when Jesus sealed us with his blood, when Jesus sealed us with his promise, he justified us. That means just as if we never ate from the tree. Imagine our lives with all the stuff that comes in and barrages and things that come against. Imagine your life free from all that stuff. From that stuff having a voice. From that stuff having a power in your life. You know, if you're going to stand, you're going to have some fights. Right? If you're going to stand for truth, you are going to fight. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be afraid of the fight. Because you have someone with you that will fight for you. But you have to be willing to take a stand. And you have to be willing to trust him. But here's the thing about a fight. Is if you understand your foundation, if you understand your why in life, the reason that you wake up, the reason that you breathe air is to be one with him. You know, I always say this saying that today is the happiest day in my life. Why? Because today I know him better than I did yesterday. And tomorrow will be the happiest day of my life because tomorrow I'm going to know him better than I did today. Listen, we have to have some um, some things in our life to get perspective back into focus, right? We have to have uh, things in our life that recenter us because that, for me, when I say that, it recenters me back to what life is really about. Because listen, this is a, a vapor and a wind, and this life, I mean, read the end of the book, it's good. <laughs> I was just reading. Uh, Revelation 22, and it's an awesome chapter. <laughs> we know the end from the beginning. We win. I think a lot of times we're afraid. We're afraid to fight. We're, we draw back and, and we get in fear. But the fight, the enemy does have tactics. The enemy is, would you, we all agree that the enemy is very, he's around. He's devouring. He's doing things. And what he wants to do is, of course, he wants, he wants to paralyze us. He wants to control us. He wants to, for us to be powerless. But here's the thing about a fight. I, I, I struggled with a fight last night. The fight has the opportunity to form Christ in you. 
The thing that we run away from has the ability to form Christ in us. Because listen, victories build confidence. They do. When we experience victory in life, they build confidence. We, we, we have to stand. We have to be able to have some victories in our life. But if we're not resting in what he's done for us, if we're not recalling everything that he's done, that he's adopted us into his family, that he bless, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. But listen, we're not meant to do it or stand alone. That is exactly how the enemy would want us to fight. Isolated. <laughs> it, it's like something that God's burned on my heart so much in this season is that we cannot be isolated. I see so many people that have so much to offer, but they're isolated. And we have strength together. We have to encourage one another. We have to strengthen one another. We need each other. We have to encourage each other that, listen, I'm fighting the fight. You're fighting the fight. Listen, this thing doesn't have to touch you. Just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Think about if they didn't go through the fire. They said, you know, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bow this, to this culture. We're not going to bow to what you are trying to get us to worship. You know, you can worship fear. You can, wor you can worship worry. You can worship anxiety. You can worship all those things. But you make a stand and you say, I'm not going to bow to that. Hell or high water, whatever. You can take our lives. We're not going to bow. And the, they went in. And it said the people that were putting them in were burned alive. How did they get in there if the person putting them in there was burned? They came out of that fire, and it changed everything. If they didn't go through the fire, listen, they had a lot of confidence. Because <laughs> when they went in the fire, who was with them? Jesus, the fourth man, was with them. That's the same with us. When we go through a fight, when we stand, I, I'm telling you, this is what's happening. It's forming Christ in us. It's not God doing it. Listen, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? But every time the enemy came towards Jesus, I mean, you know, putting Jesus on the cross, you know whose idea that was, right? That was the devil's idea. What a joke, man. <laughs> He's God. He's the son of God. You think you're going to be able to kill him? Nobody took his life. He gave his life. Right? He commended his spirit. Nobody took his life. You know, I'm reading these really remarkable stories. There's this guy. Uh, 
I'm reading about history of the Reformation. There's this guy by the name of John, um, Dr. John Wink, uh, Wycliffe, I think is how you pronounce his name. And 40 years after this guy, this is like early 1400s, this guy, during this time, this late 1300s, I mean, you want to talk about like um, corruption? <laughs> the, the, the church was incredibly corrupt. They had, the Pope was, if, if, it, if you didn't believe like the Pope, heretic, burned at the stake. If you didn't, you would buy for your, well, you have it really good today. You had to buy for your sins to be forgiven. They're called indulgences, right? And this guy, this guy is what sparked the spark of liberty and freedom. Because this guy, this uh, John Wycliffe took a stand for truth. And he actually had become a learned man. Most people, it's like most people were completely illiterate, didn't have, nobody could read the Bible. The Bible was not printed. So people were just ignorant. People didn't know. And it took somebody who knew, who started to learn the truth to stand up for it. And this guy has such an impact that this guy was preaching after he died. Why? Because the message that he carried. So much so, 40 years later, the monks, these, these corrupt monks, these corrupt church leadership environment went to dig up his bones and burn them and throw them in the river because the amount of influence that he had. And I'm here to say that each one of us have the same amount of influence that can flow out of our lives. <laughs> that is an awesome legacy. Burn my bones, do whatever. You know, these testimonies, these stories of people, they're singing while being burned alive and not feeling the burn just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Testimony after testimony after testimony. I mean, this is not just like a good story. These, these are facts of how much, how blessed we are to have the freedom and the liberty that we have. You know, for this book right here, for for 300 years, it's called the Dark Ages. This, nobody could read this book because this book has power. The life that's in, this, in, in, in these words, the very words of Christ, they have power to completely, absolutely transform our life. Guaranteed. All it takes is us putting a little bit of faith in what it says. It's powerful. I'm so thankful for what people have done and what people have stood up. So I want to read. We have to understand the weapons of our warfare when we're fighting this battle. If you don't know what you're fighting with... <laughs> You ever see people fight like this, you know? 
yeah, we can't fight like that. We got to fight the way he would want us to fight. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And we had read in Ephesians 6 a couple weeks ago that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. This is 2 Corinthians 10, um, verse 3. Not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so our warfare is not... It's not carnal. It's not things that we do in the natural. It's, it's the mind. It's casting down. When worry, when fear, when these things come and try, what they try to do is exactly what it says. They try to exalt themselves. We have to fight the good fight, and we have to cast down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and to his obedience and believe that we're empowered to do so. That's fighting the good fight of faith, you know? We don't go in and out of faith. We live by faith. Faith is not an option. Faith is not plan B. Faith is always plan A. Just is. You know, it's, it's not like we choose faith. We are, like, we, we're sons and daughters, so we just believe. We just always stay in faith. This idea that we are going to go in and out of faith, that's, that, that's not how God ever intended it for, a, for it to be. And I'm saying you're going to be perfect and you're never going to make a mistake. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, the potential is there. The invitation is there. And instead of us seeing it and hearing it from where we're not, we're hearing it for what God is inviting us into. And if we step into that, man, we're going to have some fights. But because of the fights, we're going to have confidence because guess what? We're coming up on top. And we're rallying together. I'm just going to pray and close. Father, just thank you. Jesus, God, we thank you for your spirit here. God, we thank you that you empower us. God, to fight this good fight of faith. God, (laughs) Father, stir us up. Jesus, stir us up to see what's on the inside of us. God, see see the warriors and the fighters that we are. Father, right now, I just break off addiction right now in Jesus' name. Right now, by your holy presence. Right now, I just break off guilt right now in Jesus' name. Father, right now, right, I just break off regret right now. 
Thank you, Father. Regret, I command you to go. Shame, I command you to go right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Thank you, God, for purity. God, thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for washing us. God, I thank you that that's not just something that happened when we said yes to you, but I thank you it's a daily, daily renewal of your blood, of your life washing over us. Father, thank you. God, we just let your, your presence, your spirit, God, just do what it wants to do. Father, right now, thank you, God. Anybody has he needs of healing right now, Father, God, I just thank you that you're a healer and that's your will. God, I just speak healing right now to arthritis right now. I command you to go. Thank you, Father. Thank you for breathing. If there's anybody struggling with breathing right now, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Father. We just surrender our lives to you. We just yield ourselves to you. God, we're not going to focus on trying to worry about what's up ahead. We make the decision today. Surrender. Just do it. <laughs> the sooner we do it, the sooner we'll be free. Because we were never meant to live for ourselves. And that's a lot of freedom when we don't. Because when you don't live for yourself, you're free to love others the way that he loves them. And compassion will start to rise up in your heart that you never thought was there. And freedom from things that have been holding you and weighing you down. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're good. <laughs> just trying to, just listening to what God would, final word. He loves you. You're not a mistake. He's proud of you. Even though you don't see it, he's proud of you. Quit beating yourself up. You know, it's pride that resists and it's grace that receives. You want God? <laughs> you want grace to flow in your life? It says God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Not means that God doesn't want to, it just means it doesn't mix. It doesn't mix. God wants to give his grace, his power. Thank you, Father. Yeah, is there anything on anybody's heart they want to share? If not, it's good. I didn't mean to make it like so, <laughs> so weighty, so whatever, you know. But it's time, you know, it says that it, 
I was preparing for this. I was reading 1 John 3. I'll end on this. And it, it, John is writing, and it's like, I take delight in my children that walk in the truth. You know, I just think about my own children. As any of you parents, you take delight when your kids, they walk in truth, right? And God takes a lot of delight when he just sees us just bear our hearts and just give it to him. Yeah. He loves you. Even if you don't realize it, you don't feel it. Like, it's not about feelings. It's about what he did on the cross. I don't care if you don't feel it because what he did on the cross was true. <laughs> so don't believe it. It's still, it's still true. So you might as well just get in agreement with him and just let him love you. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you believe, you put faith in something, then the feelings will, will come. God's not against feelings. God just doesn't want us to be led by them. Because when we're led by feelings, we're subjective to everything else. But when we are led by faith, that gets us, that gets us, steers us clear. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Yeah, Bob. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, bless you guys. Go ahead and stand up. We'll, I'll pray and end that way. It may be a little... Um, set that in. Settle it in. Father, we just thank you, God, for... Um, God, how good you are. Um, you're so amazing. You're so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We just worship you. We don't worship worry. <laughs> We don't worship anxiety. We don't worship fear. We don't, we don't worship regret. We don't worship any of those things. We worship you, the one true God. God, we thank you that Christ in me is the hope of glory, the confident expectation that I will experience the manifest attributes of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. That's my confidence. That is my proclamation. And I will stand on it, whether they burn our bones or whatever. God, we thank you for it. Thank you for that fortitude and that strength rising up on the inside of us, Father. God, we just thank you for, um, if you feel led, I just want you to be sensitive to people around in this room because this is family. Like, don't let stuff pass. Like, if you have something that's on your heart, just open your hearts because there's people in this room that we all need ministry and we all need to encourage one another. Just encourage us to be the body. Amen.